0: shout. I receive what you have for me today. One more time. I receive what you have for me today. In Jesus name. Glory to God. Father we do bless you today. We thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you Lord God for the word of God for the word is alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And Father as I minister the word today I want to give you thanks for giving me utterance in Holy Spirit to speak a now word to your people. I declare and I decree that every heart, every mind, every ear is ready to hear, receive, and then do the living word of God. And we give you praise for revelation, impartation, and manifestation today in Jesus' name. I declare transformation in the lives of people today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. If you believe that, won't you shout hallelujah, high five to people and say, let's get into this word, let's get into this word. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. John chapter number 10, verse number 10, tells us that the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly to the full until it overflows. We're in our year of enjoyment. It's our year of experiencing joy unspeakable. And full of glory. And it is our year of having. Amen. Lean on somebody next to you and say, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to get mine. Praise God. Glory to God. Well, today concludes our time of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Did anybody receive during this time? Yes. Glory to God. Two or three of you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. No, we, we believe that uh, those of you who put uh, time in and was purposeful and intentional about this time of prayer definitely received. But the good news is is that you haven't received all yet. Because you'll continue to receive today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. We'll, start, we'll still be experiencing the residue of this time of prayer and fasting uh, for many, many years to come. Amen? Glory to God. Uh, and, and I'm glad to see that you made it through the week of fasting. Amen? Glory to God. It's, it's living proof that you can fast and live. Amen? Glory to God. Well, we, well, I tell you what, we've, um, we've, our family certainly have enjoyed uh, this time of uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. We've seen God do some things uh, in, in our midst, praise the Lord. Just the other day, uh, Dr. Wendy uh, got up and she, her, her, she just couldn't put any weight on her on her heel. And so, um, of course, you know, first thing was, babe, uh, rub my feet. I was like, praise the Lord, amen. And uh, so, you know, trying to massage it out, whatnot, but it just, just wasn't, just wasn't happening. So she just walked around the bed, and I just, I would, I just said, "Listen, give me, give me your foot, give me your foot," and I grabbed her foot, and I declared and decreed that every joint, every ligament, every muscle, uh, uh, every bone functions perfectly and in order, and in Jesus' name. And by the time she got to the, uh, to the bathroom, she was like, "I can put weight on it, I can put weight on it, and uh, never miss the beat." And so uh, that's what I'm trying to encourage us all to do is to believe God first. Amen. Don't, don't try to do everything well. it'll work itself out or, you know, I just got to uh, stay at home and, and, and don't, go to, don't go in or anything like that. No, let's believe God. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, just believe God. And tell them, say, do it first, do it first. Amen. Glory to God. So next time we'll be doing 21 days of prayer will be in January. And the good news is, everybody say the good news. The good news in January, we will be fasting two out of the three weeks. Okay, let's get into the Word. Luke Luke 18, Luke 18. Uh, I'm I'm trying to push y'all too far, praise God. So we have 14 days of prayer and fasting, uh, 14 days of fasting and within our 21 days of prayer in January. And I'm not going to tell you about August next year because we'll keep you encouraged, praise God. Luke 18, Luke 18. Uh, verse number one. We're talking about three hindrances to answered prayer. Three hindrances to answered prayer. Uh, Also Jesus, Luke 18, 1 says, Also Jesus told told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to what? Always to what? Pray and not turn coward, faint, lose heart, and give up. And so we see here from this scripture, there is a direct correlation to us being able to stand, have endurance, and have victory when we decide to be consistent in prayer. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, pray. Come on, say, neighbor, pray. Now that's unfortunate that you have to tell believers to pray, but you have to encourage people to pray. Glory to God. Now, we said, number one, the first hindrance to answer prayer was you okay sometimes we get in the way of our own answers to or the answers to our own prayers how through ignorance through unbelief through fear of obedience and through a failure to ask okay last week we talked about the second hindrance to answer prayer which is other people other people how does that happen uh through their ability or inability through their ability or inability number two Or the second way is through human will, human will. And then thirdly, through their influence on our thinking. Their influence on our thinking. Too often, we'll let others determine how we're going to think about a thing. Which we are supposed to have the Bible as our standard, amen? So if anybody should be directing our way of thinking, it should be God through the Word of God. Amen. Jesus says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What, where did uh, Jesus get his mind from? He got his mind from the Word of God. Are y'all with me? Praise God. And the Bible says that you and I, as believers, we have the mind of Christ. Say that with me this morning. Say, I have the mind of Christ. Amen. Glory to God. So uh, today we're going to look at hindrance number three. Again, talking about three hindrances to answer prayer. And hindrance number three is demonic opposition, demonic opposition, all right? So I want you to lean in today. I want you to stay engaged and tune in today because I believe that through the word that's going to go forth on today, you will be helped. Come on, somebody, amen? Glory to God, all right? So uh, So if you need something from your neighbor now, go ahead and get it so that you don't have to be disturbed or disturb them while the word is going forth on today. So demonic opposition. Understand this, folks. Satan is out to stop all of us. Okay? He is out to stop all of us. Okay? Now, what he'll try to do is, number one, he'll try to keep you from praying. Okay? He'll try to keep you from praying. But if if he's not able to keep you from praying, then after you pray... His his goal is to get you to be discouraged, to get to have doubt, to get into unbelief, to get into fear, to get something or have something happen to derail you after you prayed uh prayed about some things. Are y'all with me today? So if he can't keep you from praying, he'll try to get you to get off, uh, get off focus, or get off purpose of your prayer. So we got to understand that he'll try to attempt to hinder your manifestation. Glory to God. Now, some of you can remember that I told you in the beginning of the year that there's two primary things that the devil wants to steal from you. Number one is the Word. Everybody say the Word. Okay? Number two is faith. Everybody say faith. The devil's, devil's uh, scheme is to get the Word from you. Why? Because everything, everybody shout everything. Everything starts with the Word of God. Your manifestation begins with the Word. So now if Satan can get the Word from you, then he can stop any growth, any productivity, any results in your life because everything in your life, productive, comes from the Word of God. Y'all with me? Secondly, he he wants to steal your faith because the Bible says faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So if he can get your faith, guess what? He'll get your victory. Got it? So that's why he, we, we got we to fight. We got to fight. We got to make sure that we, that we hold and protect the Word of God and we stay in faith. Because faith is what makes prayer work. Prayer doesn't make faith work. You don't get, prayer, you don't get faith by praying. Faith makes prayer work. Are y'all with me this morning? Praise God. So we're going to talk about some things today. And again, believe I believe that you're going to be... Uh, helpful. Remember these things. All successful prayer begins with the word. All successful prayer begins with the word. Folks, I hope that you're still not uh, releasing prayers without a word because it's fruitless because God responds to his word. So in prayer, we ought to give God his word back so he can respond to it. Are y'all with me today? Amen. So if you can't find it in the word, then wait until you do or don't pray for it. Amen. And faith is the victory, all right? So three ways that the devil opposes us or tries to hinder our prayers. Number one, number one, y'all ready? It's through offense. Through offense. Okay? Satan will try to hinder our answered prayer by or through offense. Okay? Let's go to Mark chapter 4. And let's go to work. Mark chapter 4 and verse number 13. Glory to God. We're going to look at the King James version in this particular case, talking about offense. Folks, when you really look at offense and see uh, the truth from the Word of God as it relates to offense, it is a dangerous and deadly thing. But unfortunately, we have many believers that are operating in an offense and won't even admit it. Amen. Won't even admit it. But we're going to find some things out today. Mark chapter 4, verse number 13, uh, talking about the parable of the sower. King James Version says, And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will ye know all parables? Verse 14, The sower soweth the word. What is he sowing? What is he sowing? The word. The sower soweth the word. Okay? Verse 15, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, let's say this together, Satan cometh when? Satan cometh when? Listen folks, the word of God is being sown right now. Guess who's sitting by to immediately try to take the word that you're receiving? Satan. The Bible says when the word is sown, Satan immediately he doesn't even want you to have time to meditate he doesn't even want you to have time to even consider what was sown in your heart he wants to get it when it's just when it's just resting on your heart he wants to come in and try to steal that word because he understands if that word takes root your life and the lives of others have an opportunity to change are y'all hearing me today so he says, Satan comes immediately, look at this, and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Verse 16, and these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure for, but, but for a time afterward when affliction or persecution arises, look at this, for the word's sake. See, folks don't get on your nerves just to get on your nerves. They get on your nerves because they're trying to get you to release the word. How many of you know you get revelation on Sunday, and a person that barely speaks to you on the job comes up and says something to you on Monday that irritates the, the goodness out of you? You like, you even, you barely speak to me on a daily basis, but now today, of all days, I got my answer yesterday in church, now I show up at work, now you're going to irk me. What's the issue? It's not about you. It's about the word that you just received. Because the devil understands that if that word germinates, if that word is planted, if that word takes root, then your life and the other people's lives around you is going to change. So the best thing he can do is to steal the word while it's still fresh, because once it takes root, he can't steal it anymore. Because now you have understanding, and so you go back to your desk like, "What in the world? I ain't doing nothing to this particular person. What in the world going? On? Why are they picking on me? Because what's happening? He's trying to get you to take the focus off your revelation." and put it on the other person. And in the meantime, he's working behind the scenes on your heart to get you offended so he can snatch that word. And we are so sometimes naive and so immature that we don't even see the big picture. And we get offended just like that. We get upset with somebody. We say, they get on my nerves. We we get hurt from somebody, don't even realizing that the whole ploy of the enemy is just that so he can steal the word. And you're wondering why things are not happening because you're so focused on something that doesn't even make any difference. If they got an attitude with you, let them have an attitude with you. Who cares? We think we, you don't have to stand up and defend yourself. You have a defender. His name is Jesus. Oh, y'all got to understand what I'm saying. Glory to God. Then the Bible said that he'll, that he'll fight our battle. The battle is not ours, but it's the Lord's. Why do you think you've got to always be defending yourself? Why? Because you're trying to keep a reputation. And you're trying to keep a reputation with the world that don't even care anything about you. And you're ignoring the reputation that you have with God. do your neighbors. I'm glad you came today. I'm glad you came today. Now, now, look back at him and say, because I needed to be encouraged today. Yeah, look at this. When does he come? Immediately. Husbands and wives, you got to watch out. When, it, when you leave church and you're trying to pick a restaurant, where you want to go? I don't know. I don't have to taste anything. You got to taste something. I don't have to taste. Where you want Well, just pick a restaurant. What's all that for? That's to get you to forget what you just heard. Parents, when you leave church and your children don't do what they're supposed to do, they didn't do their homework, they had Friday night, they had Saturday all day, they had Saturday night, they still haven't done their homework, don't lose it, just say get in there and do your homework because the, is- the issue is the irritation is to come to get to work. Is this too too practical for you guys? Monday morning, when you go in your closet, that your clothes are so stuffed together that you know it's it's you gotta iron everything you take out because there's so much in there. Don't get frustrated and talk about something I don't know what to wear. Don't get frustrated. That's all to get you to forget the word. Oh Lord. I said, oh Lord. You see what I'm saying? Because he comes when? Immediately. Immediately. When does he come? Immediately. Look at verse 17. Verse 17, again, the last part says, immediately they are what? Offended. Folks, issues come for the word's sake. The devil doesn't care if you come to church. He cares if you get the word. As a matter of fact, the devil is in a lot of churches today. Got it? He doesn't care if you come to church. You come to church five days, seven days out the week. What he cares about is you getting the word. That's why he'll mess with you from the time you open your eyes on Sunday. Go back to sleep. You need your rest. You got a busy week ahead of you. You can skip church today. They won't miss you. What's all this for? To get you, keep you from getting the word. Because if you don't get the word, you won't see any victory. Is anybody understand what I'm saying? Glory to God. Amen. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Listen to this. Look at what uh, uh, offended means. Offended means this. Offended means this. To be hurt. Offended means to stumble. Offended means to stumble. Okay? Offended means to be trapped. Offended means to be trapped. Uh, it means to be insulted. It means to be insulted. All right? Anybody ever been insulted before? Okay, we, we, that's a nice way of saying it. In reality, you, you, you've been offended. Oh, Lord. Look at this. Look at this one. Hold on to your seat now. Offended means to be rubbed the wrong way. Oh my gosh. Anybody here ever been rubbed? The wrong way. Anybody had something a supervisor say something to you and you you you're like they had to say it like that. What's happening? You were what? Rubbed the wrong way. Which means you had you are now. Offended. Okay, I'm just trying to make it plain enough for y'all to get this. Look at this. Offended people produce fruit such as hurt, anger, jealousy, strife, bitterness, and hatred. See, I'm, I'm, I want you to see how, 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 how devastating offense can be. It's, it's offended people produce fruit such as hurt, anger, jealousy, strife, bitterness, and hatred. Okay, let me ask you a question. Because they produce fruit. Where does fruit come from? Fruit comes from a seed. Fruit comes from what? Seed. So they took the seed of offense and they produce fruit of anger, bitterness, jealousy, uh, hatred, strife. You got it? Now, this is what happens, though when they walk around with the fruit of those things and you engage with them and you open up your soul to them, guess what they do? They give you the fruit of their envy. Anybody here ever been just fine? I mean, you just fine having a good day. And then somebody says, can I talk to you for a minute? And he says, sure, I, sure, what's going on? And he says, sit down, I, I got some things, you know, got some things going on. I just, you know, just want to run some things. I just want to some, talk to somebody some things because I'm really going through right now. Sure, 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 you know, just innocent. Sure, go ahead, lay it on me. And then all of a sudden they start opening up their mouths and out comes the fruit of strife, bitterness, envy. You receive all that. You get up. Remember, you was just fine. You get up and walk away from that presence, and now you got an attitude. What happened? They just planted in you what they were carrying. And guess who set it all up? Satan. He set it all up because he wants you to now be contaminated with things of darkness versus the light of the word. Amen. Pastor, you're teaching good already. Glory to God. You're teaching good already. Praise the Lord. All right, all right. The Bible says, encourage yourself in the Lord. I'm I'm okay, guys. I'm okay. I'm okay. I just want y'all to get it because these things are so subtle that we don't even recognize. You hear anybody here? Had a, had a good working relationship with a supervisor. Went out to lunch with a coworker that has an issue with a supervisor. You come back from lunch and now you got an issue with the supervisor. Now what was it? Dip- what happened? You went out to lunch with somebody who was offended. And they deposited the seed of offense in you, and you started thinking about you, there's some of that stuff you ain't never thought about before about your supervisor. Now, yeah, Now that you think about it, now that you say that, yeah, I, yeah, that's right, they do do that. Why? Because the enemy wants to prevent the word from working in your life and shut down the favor that you have on the job. Are y'all with me today? So number one, how does he do it? Through what? Offense. Listen to this. Often offended people don't even realize they're offended because they're so focused on the wrong that was done to them. See, folks, when you look at yourself as a victim, you'll never experience victory. If you own victimization, if if you own the identity of victim, you'll not see victory. You're going to have to drop victim to end up in victory. Shout out, I'm not, a, I'm not anybody's victim. Now, I'm not making light because there are some unfortunate situations that have happened to many of us, but it still doesn't make you a victim. The Bible still still says that you're more than a conqueror. The Bible still says that he always causes you to triumph. Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? Shout out, I am not a victim. I said, shout it. Because victims look for handouts. Victims look for entitlement. You owe this to me because I'm a victim. No, I'm a a conqueror, bless God. I'm victorious in Jesus Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Glory to God. If you don't give me a handout, I'll take my own. Are y'all hearing me today? And we got to get out of this thing because the devil keeps us trapped in a particular level in life because you think somebody owes you something. Nobody owes you anything. You owe everything to yourself. And stop using the excuse at 43 that you didn't have a daddy in the home. You're 43. What's wrong with you? You are 43. Get off of it. There are millions of people that didn't have daddies home. They are still successful. They're still doing great things. Why can't you? Because you're sitting on the couch thinking somebody owe you something because you ain't have a daddy in the house. Or is this too strong for you? Get off this stuff, man. Owe you anything. God has given you in everything, and you're looking for somebody to give you something. You've already, it's already been given to you. He's giving you, will he not, will he not also with his son also give you freely all other things? If he gave you Jesus, what else is he withholding from you? Nothing. So why are you looking looking for a handout from man when you got everything from God? Because you don't want to work for it. You don't want to believe God for it. You you want easy street. Boy, I hope I got enough time to get the one scripture I got for y'all today. Glory to God, Jesus. About to bite something now. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Time to grow up. Be men and women instead of boys and girls. The word says when I was young I acted like a child. I thought like a child. But when I became a man I put away childish things. Lean on your neighbor and say, Do you got some putting away to do? You got some putting away to do? Ask him. Do you, say, do you have some putting away to do? Don't be scared. Amen. I'm not making light. It's unfortunate that anybody has to grow up without either parent in the home. That's unfortunate. But it's not an excuse. Are you hearing me? I say you hearing me. All right, look at this. That's Mark 4, let's finish this out. Mark 4, 18, verse 19, 18, 19 says, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things enter in. Choke the word and becomes what? Unfruitful. Notice, folks, these three scenarios in the parable of the sower all share the same motive. And that motive is to get the word from you. Same motive. Devil's not doing anything new in this day and time. Everything is geared around stealing that word from you because if you don't get the word, you can't see victory. Are y'all with me today? Praise God! All right. Listen to this. Offense is very dangerous because it opens the door to deception. It opens the door to deception, and that's the that's way number two that the enemy will hinder our our, our answered prayer. Number one through offense. Number two, through deception. Everybody say deception. All right, deception. Let's go to Mark chapter number, uh, excuse me, Matthew chapter number 24. Matthew chapter number 24. Y'all doing okay? All right, praise God. Matthew 24. I'm going for the juggler today, y'all. I'm just letting y'all know. I'm going for the juggler. Got it? I'm not playing around because we can't, we got to stop playing around with this devil, boy, because he is not playing with you. I say he is not playing with you. His main goal is to get you out of here as fast as he can. But I'm here to proclaim that he can't. I said he can't. I said he can't. I said he can't. Got it? Look at this here. Matthew chapter number 24. You there? Look at verse number uh, 8, please. Matthew 24 verse number 8 says, All of these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, we got to understand the context here. Now, what Jesus is about to say here is not talking about the end times. It's talking about the last days. And listen, folks, we are in the last days. Well, how long the last days are going to be? I don't know. We're just in them. If you look around and see what this, what's all going on, you have, to, you, have to, uh, you have to conclude that we are definitely in the last days. Now, do I believe that Jesus is coming back soon, and that's relative to my soon? I don't think so, because there's too much division within the church for him to come back. The Bible says he's, there's got to be unity, praise God, and there's got to be the gospel preached all around the world, and there are still some people that had not heard the gospel yet. Got it? Look at this. So he says, the beginning of Saul, verse 9, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by nations for my name's sake. So folks, don't be surprised. Don't don't think it's strange that people don't understand you and, and are confused about you because you don't want to believe what they believe. That's part of the whole thing. He says, you're going to be hated for my name's sake. Look at verse number 10. And then many will be what? Many will be what? Why they don't like me? I'm trying to live my life right. Then they still don't like me. That's part of the plan, folks. The world is never going to like believers. Get over it. You are not going to be BFFs with the world and be a Christian and a disciple at the same time. It's not going to happen. I say it's not going to happen. I know you want it. I know you want to be on one side and the other at the same time. But folks, it ain't working like that. There's two ways. There's a wide way and there's a narrow way. Jesus has called us all to walk on the narrow way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Got it? So he says this. He said, and many many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Verse 11. And then... Because of the offense, because of what the work of the enemy is doing, then many false prophets will rise up and do what? Deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end, shout, that's me right there, boy. Glory to God. Shall be what? Saved or delivered. Delivered. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. So folks, until the gospels all over this globe. Don't be concerned about Jesus coming back soon. Got it? Because this has to take place first. But my whole point is that because of offense, you open your ears to deception. Because of offense, your ears become itchy because of offence you go looking for something that pacifies your emotions and you end up in many cases being deceived just think about it you know somebody in church didn't say something that you ain't, that you ain't that you want to be that didn't say something that or said something that you ain't like so you get offended and what do you do you don't come back and you go look for somebody else that's gonna preach what you want to hear. What happened? Because of the offense, you open yourself up to be deceived. And then you sit over in a place and just, ha ha, yeah, praise the Lord. Uh-huh, uh-huh. No growth, no accountability, no challenge, but you, mm hmm, this is the day. This is the day. And in the meantime, things are eroding in your life. Because you're not getting any truth. What opened the door? Your offense opened the door to being deceived. Are y'all with me today? Huh? Look now, this, this is what deceive means. Deceive means to cause to stray. It means to lead astray. I like this one. It means to lead away from the truth. It means to lead in error. It means to cause someone to believe something that is not true. Let me give you some synonyms swindle, hoodwink, dupe, mislead, or outwit. See, that's what deception means. Deception, the the whole idea of deception is to get you away from the truth into error. But the thing about it is, because of your offense, you take the error as truth. Because the error, the error gives you a pass to be offended. So because I want to be offended, error comes and says, it's okay, you have every right to feel the way you feel. Praise the Lord. The Lord loves you, and the Lord understands where you are. That ain't nothing but a bunch of deception, folks. You can't find nowhere in the Bible, anywhere in the Bible, that God gives you a pass to have a pity party. What was it, Elijah or Elisha? Which one? Elijah got up under the juniper tree. Which one of it? What? Elijah? Elijah, He running from Jezebel. He just called down. He just didn't call down fire from heaven. He just called down fire from heaven, burned up the sacrifice and the water, and then Jezebel said, "I'm gonna kill you." Then he runs scared. Ah! And he runs scared, and he runs up on a juniper tree and says, "Oh God, I'm the only one. Oh God, I'm the only one." God said in my words, "Shut up." There's seven thousand more just like you in the city. Get up! Hello? Check out Job's story. Job had a right. If anybody had a right to to moan and complain, Job did. He lost everything. God says, Job, let me ask you a question. Where was you when I put the stars in the heavens? Job, where was you when I put this, when when I put this, when I set the sun in its place? Since you know it all, Job. And Job said, excuse me. I lost my mind for a minute. Man, there's nowhere in Scripture that gives you a right or a pass to have a pity party. So why are we trying to do it? Because we want attention. <laughs> and the devil will send it to you too. Girl, I know what you're going through. I tell you what, I know you because it happened to me one time like that. I tell you what, but what I did, what I did, I ain't sitting around here and cry. I got back, girl, I got back. I took care of business. Oh, Lord. Okay, 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 okay. Everybody okay? All right, all right. Listen to this. This is so important, folks. Please get this. Please get this. One important thing we must understand is that deception, listen to me so close, deception is only as good as the truth it contains. Oh, my gosh. Deception is only as good as the truth it contains. Because, see, the devil knows that if he goes way out in left field somewhere, you ain't going to believe it anyhow. So he has to get close enough to the truth to make it sound like truth so you can bite on it. Y'all catching this? Because you'll say this, hmm, that sounds reasonable. Because, you know, the devil knows that you're smart enough not to believe crazy stuff. So he doesn't come with you with outlandish, crazy kind of stuff. He comes to you real subtle and says things, and it contains a little truth. And you like, yeah, and, and in your mind you say, I've heard that before. What's happening? He's got a little thread of truth through it, but it's covered with a lot of deception. So when you, take, when you open up yourself because it sounds familiar and you take the seed of deception, now he got you. Are y'all with me? I say you're with me. Let me give you a quick example. Let me give you a quick example. On this, uh, this tithing thing, and we, we've already, July was tithers' month, what? August is what? Uh-huh, what's that, so what's September going to be? Okay, thank you very much. All right, praise the Lord. But look, this, this, is, what, this is what some people will say. This is, this is what some people will teach tithing was under the law. That's what they'll say. That tithing was under the law and we as New Testament believers are no longer under the law. So we don't have to tithe. That's what they'll teach. Tithing is under the law. Guess what? There is some truth in that. Because tithing was under the law. But guess what? Tithing was also before the law. And guess what? Tithing is also after the law. Oh, Jesus. And we are now after the law. So if tithing is after the law and we're after the law, then tithing principle is still in existence. But the deception is because we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, you don't have to do anything that was up under the law. Folks, let me say, let me say this. What, what also was under the law was love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and strength was up under the law. So now that we're not up under the law, do we not have to love the Lord God? We, we don't have to love the Lord God with all of our heart, mind, and strength. We can just love him with our mind now and not the other parts. I mean, now up under the law was don't covet your brother's na- uh, brother's uh, wife. So you mean now that we're not up under the law, we can take other people's wives? Hello. What was up under the law was also don't use the Lord's name in the vain. You mean to tell us tell me that now we're not up under the law, we can use the Lord's name in whatever way we want to use it? No. So why you just pick out one? Because of something you don't want to do. And you get offended at the church. Always asking for some money. As all that church wants is your money. And so you get offended at that, which opens your heart up for deception, and now you swallow the pill. We don't have to tithe no more because tithing was up under the law. Why? Because of your offense. And now you think life is good because you're using God's money to live on. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm doing better than I was when I was tithing. I guess so. A thief does better than somebody that works hard too. Because he's using other people's stuff. I mean, you know, there's a whole lot of thieves riding better than you. Living better than you they're stealing from other people. But we're just so convinced. Oh, I'm just... I'm, I'm. Every time Tyler Loffins comes, you're sucking your teeth. Hey, here we go. You ain't, you ain't sucking your teeth at the grocery store. You might be sucking your teeth, but you're thinking about that food you're about to eat. you you sucking your teeth, I'm about to tear this up. Glory. You're not sucking your teeth at the department store when that outfit looks so good on you. Go to the cash resident and tell them you ain't up under the law no more. Go and tell them. Say, I've been delivered from the law of theft and shoplifting. I've been delivered. I've been set free. Jesus. Jesus has set me free. And see if you don't get a ride in the back seat of a car. But see how powerful deception can be? Out of all them things that God said under the law, we got to keep all the rest of them But there's one you don't have to do no more. You don't have to tithe no more. Because you ain't under the law no more. But you got to keep all the rest of them, though. You got to love the Lord. You got to leave other people's wives alone. You you can't have any other gods before. You can't have any idols. You can't do all. You can't do anything else. You can't do anything else. But, 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 tithing, you don't have to worry about that no more. Remember, folks, Jesus didn't do away with the law. He fulfilled it. He didn't do away with it. He fulfilled it. He fulfilled it in two commandments. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And just for the mere fact that you love the person sitting next to you and you love them enough for them to get the word, you'll tithe. You'll give to ministry that's that's changing people's lives because you love people. And the Bible says you love your neighbor as yourself. Are y'all getting this? Deception is so powerful, man. It is so powerful. And the devil uses it skillfully. And he does it in the church, in the church house where people shout and clap and dance and do backwards cartwheels and cut the rug and all that good stuff. And he's running deception rampant because we don't even have a clue about what's going on. All we want to hear is something that's going to make us feel good. See, some of y'all are ready to go now. I wish he'd hurry up. But if I was up here, and the minister of Zeke was you stay here all day and get nothing. Now, there's nothing wrong with a, a praise break every now and then, but every Sunday, Where's the truth? You ain't, you ain't gonna shout like that over truth. Cause it's uncomfortable. You sit back like you're doing right now and just <laughs> Every once in a while you look down your road, see how the other people are responding. <laughs> Remember I can see the television of your head, of your forehead. And just like you're doing it and and you just be solemn and Okay, all right. I hear what he's saying. I hear hear what he's saying. I'm gonna be respectful and not make a whole lot of noise. But I hear what he's saying. But you just count down, okay, all right, he 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 about probably about twenty more minutes. I'm gonna be free. Am I close or what? Oh, y'all not going to admit nothing. I ain't going to admit that. So how does it happen? Through what? Number one, what? Offense. Number two, what? Can y'all hand a little more? You sure? And third way the devil hinders our answered prayer is through demonic activity. Through demonic activity. And see... We oftentimes miss demonic activity because we're looking for something spectacular. We're looking for something that's obvious. That is the devil, but that's not how it works. The devil is a subtle being. He didn't come in blasting. The devil doesn't have a pitchfork. He does not dress in red. He dresses in whatever the clothing the person he's using has on. That's how he dresses. So if the person that he's using has on a blue suit, then the devil wears a blue suit. White dress, he wears a white dress. The devil uses people just like God uses people. Because every activity of the enemy is a perversion of the truth. So if God has it, He'll has it. He'll have it perverted. So God has angels. What does He have? Demons. You makes it make sense. So we got to understand now that the enemy uses demonic activity to stop our prayers. Now I'm not saying that we're seeing ghosts because we... Um, stop, Pastor, stop. Uh, not seeing ghosts, we're not seeing people come in our room, uh, beds are not hopping off the floor and slamming down, that we see in these horror movies. That's not what he, That's not how he operates. That's how he wants you to think he operates so when those things don't happen you don't know he, you don't you wouldn't recognize if he's doing anything or not. So he uses the media to paint a false picture of his activity so you won't pay attention to what he's really doing. And some of us are all up in the horror movies. Ooh, that was good. Wasn't that good? Ooh, that was good. Ooh, that was good. Ooh, that was good. Ooh, that was good. Uh, Meantime, you've opened up your spirit. You've opened up your soul for him now to plant what he wants to plant in you so you won't recognize when he's really working in your life. Oh, Lord. I really just saved y'all some movie tickets. Maybe you can sow that into the ministry, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't know. You see what I'm saying? But demonic activity is a real thing, folks. But it's not what Hollywood portrays. It's it's not what Hollywood portrays. It's what the Bible teaches. Are y'all with me? So we got to understand... That as God has plans to bless you, as God has plans to bless me, the enemy has plans to take you out. The enemy has plans to take me out. But I'm here to declare and decree again, he cannot. I said he cannot. Are y'all with me? But the Bible says that we are not to be ignorant of his devices. Because ignorance, folks, is not an excuse in any arena. You ever been pulled over by the state police? And it says, the reason why, sir, the reason why, ma'am, I'm an equal opportunity, sir, ma'am, uh, the reason why I pulled over is because you was going 73 and a 45. And you said, my, I didn't know. That it was 45 miles an hour. Ma'am, sir, there were signs about a half a mile back that says speed limit 45. Did you not see that? I, I certainly did not, officer. I certainly did not. License and registration, please. And you go back to, you know, when you go back to that car, I don't know, <laughs> you go back to that car, and in he, and his and long time, you already know, he's coming back with the yellow paper. <laughs> Sound like I've been there, hasn't it? Just a few times, not a whole lot, just a few times, praise the Lord. Last time I got pulled up, we was coming down, we was coming back from, um, from uh, a church service. And I was coming through Orange, and I know, I know. It. Listen, folks, let me say you all some trouble. When you're driving through Orange, slow down. <laughs> Can anybody say thank you? Please, just, just whatever the signs say, whatever the signs say, just set your cruise and just cruise on through. Because they're somewhere. <laughs> they're somewhere, but I'll tell you what, they're somewhere. So he's coming back from on, and so we're coming down. And I know, because I already know. I know, and I, and I, and I purpose when, when the speed limit changes, I slow down, and I set my cruise at the speed limit because I already know. I already know what's up. So I came through, and so we was approaching the light, and all of a sudden... I went, I went past and I didn't even see him. I did not even see him. <laughs> Next to the know, blue lights, bam! Blue, and I said, I wonder who he's going to get. <laughs> <laughs> I know good as well <laughs> he ain't coming to pull over for me. <laughs> who he's going to get? And that rascal pulled right up high and, and put, I said, No, he is not. Gonna pull me over tonight. So I pull over, he pull over behind me, and I said, thank you, Jesus. And first thing I said, I thank you, God, for favor. That's the first thing I said. I knew I wasn't doing nothing wrong. So, he, so I wind down the window, he come up and he said, sir, how you doing this evening? I said, I'm doing great, how you doing? He said, I'm doing just fine, but I, you know, I just the reason why I pulled you over is because I caught you, you know, down the road on the, uh, on the laser going, you know, such and such and such and such. I know you know, but I ain't going to tell you, Such and such and such and such. I said, "Sir, no, I don't. I don't think so. I I I slowed down." He said, "Yeah, you slowed down, but you slowed down. You know, after you passed. You know, after you got into the to the mile per hour zone." And I said, "Oh, I said, I I apologize. I said, I I know when I come through here, I know obey the laws." (laughs) Y'all hear that? When I come through here. The devil is alive. Praise the Lord. <laughs> don't y'all laugh too hard, cause I didn't. Some of y'all didn't pass me on sixty four. <laughs> like I was standing still. I was like, "Whoa, they, they rolling." And so, and then he says, "Do I know you?" I said, "I don't know you, mate. What do you think? Did you search, work in such and such place? So we have on this, com- you know, this conversation. And uh, I said, no, that's not me. He said, man, you look, look just, just like somebody that I know. Driver license, registration. And so I said, okay, I gave him stuff. And I went back there and I told Dr. "When I said, ain't no way in the world he can give me no ticket. I wasn't going that fast. I know. And she said, you set the cruise? right? I said, yeah. I said, ain't no way. And so he was only back there for about 20 seconds. And when he got out in 20 seconds, I said, praise the Lord. <laughs> so he came back. He said, sir. You, you just just slow down a little bit and have a great night. I say you have a wonderful one too. <laughs> and I sat there impatiently. I let him pull off, and I got back on the road. Why I tell you all that? I don't know. I told y'all that I know because excuses never, uh, uh, ignorance is never an excuse in any situation. So I started off by saying, just because you ain't know the speed limit, doesn't is not an excuse. For you not to get a ticket. Got it. Same thing. So the Bible says we are not to be ignorant of His devices. So just because you don't know how the enemy works does not excuse you from His 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 uh, attempts to derail you. Does that make sense? I just right, go look at this. Let's, let's go look. Go to Ephesians six now. Go to Ephesians six. Now Ephesians six verse number twelve. I don't have it for you on the screen, but I'm just going to mention to you. In the New King James, it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Tell your neighbor, said neighbor, you are not my enemy. Tell your other neighbor, say, neighbor, you are not my enemy either. Oh, okay, okay, all right, all right. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So the person is never the issue. The person. The person is never the issue. Okay, I got to say that probably look like where well, your face is looking probably four more times. The person. Everybody say the person. The person is not the issue. Okay, y'all almost got it? I think one more time i do it. The person. Come on, say it with me. Say it with me. The person is not the issue. It's not that that's not the issue. Well, pastor, then what is the issue? Because they certainly are giving me issues. The issue is the influence that the enemy is using through that person. Got it? You remember when Jesus uh, Jesus was getting ready, Jesus said, "I'm getting ready to go and be crucified, guys." And Peter stood up and said, "Oh no, you're not." Jesus, you ain't die. No way, no how. Jesus, you ain't die. Oh, no, you're not. And then Jesus says this to Peter. I rebuke you, Satan. Was he talking to Peter, the person? No, he was talking to the influence that was using Peter at that time. So now, if Jesus can use a disciple that lived with Jesus and walked with Jesus for three and a half years, he can also use Pastor, I'm saved. Yeah, you can still be influenced. Pastor, I'm born again. But yeah, you can still be influenced. But we're not talking about you today. We're going to talk about your cousin. So you can receive. The devil can use your cousin. Y'all with me? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, etc., etc. So we arrest our fight is not against a person; it's against a, an influence that's generated from the devil. Y'all, y'all follow me so far? Okay, now let's let's look at this same scripture in the Message translation, Ephesians six ten in the Message translation. All right, uh, okay, great. It says here, and that about wraps it up. God is strong. Say, it say, amen. And he wants you strong. Shout, I am. Shout, I am strong. Come on, say it like you're strong. Yeah, praise the Lord. And he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you'll be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. Shout, I am strong. I said, shout, I am strong. So God wants you to be so strong that whatever the devil throws your way, when the smoke settles, you still stand it. And the good news is you don't even smell like the smoke that was, that was, that was there. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, you don't look like what you've been through. Glory to God. Yeah, 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 look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. He says, stand up to everything the devil throws your way. Look at this, this is what I want y'all to see. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. A life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. See, folks, we got to get out of this This, this, this uh, happy-go-lucky, this is the day, this kind of, this flowery kind of Christianity. No, this is war. This is war at the highest level. And we're, and we're against an enemy that does not play fair, doesn't want to play fair. Will do whatever he wants. He can do to get his get his uh, agenda established, and we sitting around with our head in the sand, letting things be stolen from us, taken from us, dealing with sickness, dealing with depression, dealing with confusion, and uh, and we and, and we're not doing anything to resist the attempts of the enemy. That day needs to stop, folks. You are the blood bought, blood washed. Child of the living God. You are redeemed of the Lord. Glory to God. You are more than a conqueror. He always causes you to triumph. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are the man. You are the woman. Are y'all with me? But you got to understand who you are. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But listen, listen to this. He is out against us. But Jesus. Everybody shout Jesus. Jesus took care of him and defeated him for us. Let's go to Colossians 2. Look at that. Let's go to Colossians 2. Look at this. Oh, y'all. Can y'all handle 10 more minutes? Ooh, I'm early. Praise the Lord. All right, glory to God. Y'all keep praying. Yeah. Okay, we got a couple more scriptures. Ah, what did I tell y'all go? Colossians. No, let's not go there yet. Let's go to Daniel. we go on to Colossians, though. But let's go to Daniel first. Let me show you something. Demonic activity. And now I'm sharing this with you not to, be af- not to get you afraid. I'm sharing this for your information so you can know how to, how to, how to whip this thing. Okay? Because if you don't know about it, you won't, you won't be in a position to overcome it. Daniel 10.10 says this. Suddenly a hand touched me. It made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. He said to me, O Daniel, greatly beloved, man, greatly beloved, understand the words I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. This is an angel talking to Daniel. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day, everybody shout first day, shout first day. One more time, first day. From the first day, first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before God, your words were heard. I say, the first day, his words were heard. What day? First day. So the moment Daniel prayed, God heard him. And this is the truth, folks. The moment you pray, God hears you. What day? First day. Your prayer wasn't heard when your prayer is answered. Your prayer is heard when you pray it. Look at this, all right? He says this. "Um, Your words were heard, and I am come, I have come because of your words. Don't miss that. He prayed, it was heard, and God sent the answer all at the same time. He prayed, it was heard, God sent an answer at the same time. Oh, y'all got to catch this. He prayed, it was heard, God sent the answer at the same time. So when was the answer sent? First day. But but what's the problem here? What's the problem? But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me how many days? Twenty-one days. So his answer was released on the first day. He got manifestation on the twenty-first day. Why? Because those days his answer was being held up by demonic activity. And behold, Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me. For if I, had been left, but if I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia, now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. Why did I show you all that, folks? It's because there's some activity in the heavens that's going on that you are completely sometimes unaware of. And the delay for your manifestation does not mean God didn't hear you, does not mean that God didn't answer your prayer. It could mean that your answer is being hindered by demonic activity. But the good news is, everybody shout, the good news, if one angel can't get it done, God will send reinforcements. Can anybody shout amen? Glory to God. He must answer your prayer because that's his word. All right? Isaiah 54, and then Colossians, and then we're almost done, okay? Glory to God, glory to God. Y'all getting this? Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Okay, Isaiah 54, 17, write it down. No weapon formed against you shall what? Prosper. This is the good news, y'all. No weapon formed against you shall what? Prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, saith the Lord. Say it with me this morning. Say, no weapon, and I mean no weapon, that's formed against me will ever prosper. Come on, say it with some meaning, folks. Say, no weapon, and I mean no weapon, that's, that's formed against me is ever going to prosper. And every tongue, and I mean every tongue, that rises against me in judgment, I'm going to condemn it. This is my heritage. This is what I can expect because I belong to God. Now give God praise for that. I said, give him praise for that. That's why I told you that the devil can't take you out when you understand some things. No weapon. 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 It can be formed, but it's not going to prosper. Glory to God. Now let's go to Colossians. Let's go to Colossians because I want to leave you on a victorious note. Glory to God. Mm-mm-mm. Colossians chapter 2. Now gauge where you are spiritually with this last thing. Okay, Colossians chapter number 2. Ah, Jesus. Shout out receive. Okay, okay. Colossians chapter number 2, verse number 15. Alright, look at this in the Amplified Version. Remember when I said J- Jesus defeated the devil for you? This is, this, is the word. this is the word on it right here. God disarmed He did what? Disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. But the Bible says God has disarmed the principalities and and principalities and powers. We fight against them, but they don't have any weapons. The weapons they use is our ignorance, our offense, and our deception. They have none of their own because they've been stripped. Come on, y'all. We're fighting an enemy that has no weapons. What does that look like? That looks like victory to me. That looks like the enemy is under my feet to me. You mean to tell me that you're my enemy but you don't have any weapons? How, 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 what greater setup is this? And we got people running scared. We got people standing up in church. I thank think, think them praise God for his goodness. But I tell y'all what, y'all pray for me because the devil's been chasing me all week. You mean to tell me you're letting somebody chase you with no weapon, no weapons. He has no weapons and you let them chase you. He has no weapons because he's been stripped. Look at this, y'all. look at this, look at this. Look at this. Look at this, against us and made a bold display and public example of them triumphing over them in him and in it, the cross. You got to get a picture of this. Back in the day, when a, when a nation would conquer another nation, they would, they would take the generals, the kings, the princes, they would take everybody in authority and they would put them in chains. They would put a chain around their neck, chain around their and they would chain them together and they will bring them out on Main Street in front of all of their constituents. And they will march them down Main Street, all chained up, to let the folks that are still there, they are no longer in charge, I am. Come on, see this. That's what Jesus did. Jesus went to hell. He defeated the enemy. He locked them all up, and then he walked them in hell, before the other demons and say, yeah, he was in charge, but there's a new sheriff in town. Come on, y'all. Woo! And his name is Jesus. Come on, shout Jesus. Come on, shout Jesus. And that same Jesus lives in you. So every time you wake up, whether you know it or not, you remind the devil of that parade of defeat that Jesus led in hell, glory to God, of him and all of his demons, you remind him that Jesus is still alive. And the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And you can stand in victory. But see, if you don't know this, you are run when no one is chasing you. Because you don't know who you are. And this defeat of the enemy has to be appropriated by faith just like everything else. It's not going to happen automatically just because you're born again. You're going to have to know it, understand it, and operate in it by faith. So when fear starts rising up, you've got to declare, Glory to God, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Devil, you have no power over me. Devil, you have no weapon against me. Glory to God. And let me remind you of my heritage, that no weapon, even fear, that's formed against me will prosper. So take you and your fear and get on up out of here. But see, if you don't know that, if you don't understand that, you'll let him hinder you in your life. Everybody shout, but there's some good news. And it can be summed up in the name Jesus. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Glory to God. Are y'all getting the picture? Are y'all getting the picture? Give me five men real quick. Five men, five men. Fast, fast, five men. One, two, three, four, five. Bam, five. Okay. Great, 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 great. Okay. All right. Everybody stand facing that way. Stand facing that way. All right, all right. Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Oh, you can stay. you can be six. Praise God. All right, all right. Check this out. Because I, I, I need y'all to see this. All right. Just, just, just imagine that that they that they are in hell for this illustration, and they are demons. All right. You got in front, so you you got to be Satan. Lord, Jesus. Here's fear. Here's sickness. Here's lack. Here's offense. Here's deception. All right? So these are all principalities and powers of those particular things. Got it? Here's the head man right here. Got it? Who's he? He's the principality of what? Huh? Fear. He's the principality of what? Sickness. Uh Uh-huh. Lack. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, y'all wasn't listening too well. He's the principality of who? Uh Uh Uh-huh. 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 All right. So what happened is God sends Jesus to the earth. Jesus walks on earth with authority over all of these. Because you remember, Satan took Jesus up on the high mountain and tempted him. But he did what? Defeated him, right? So he had authority. Did he cast out uh, sickness and disease? Okay, did he take care of lack? Huh? Did he do all those things? So he walked on earth as a man with authority over all of these things. Can y'all see this so far? So now he's over these because he has authority over all of them, including the devil. Got it? Well, what happened was God wanted to make sure that these would have no opportunity to mess with your life. He said in the beginning, in Genesis, that the woman, the seed of the woman was going to bruise your head you was going to bruise his heel. So in other words, God always intended Satan to be under Jesus' feet. Y'all with me? So now, what happened was, Jesus now dies. Jesus goes to hell. Goes to hell. Got it? He goes there. Now he's down in their domain. Come on, he's, he's down in their, in their hood. Now, he's dead, so this one's going to have a party. Y'all party for a few minutes. Who, y'all party for a few minutes? Because I'm dead. I'm dead one day. I'm dead two days. Y'all have a party, man. Have a party. Party. Party on. Party on. Party on. Party on. Because I'm dead. I'm dead one day. I'm dead two days. But on the third day, oh, Jesus, all of a sudden, I get up. Now y'all, y'all, y'all notice I'm up now. Now, now, what happens from the party? Oh, Jesus! I'm up. So what I do? I go and I and I and I and I lock this one down. And I lock this one down. Hook, hook on to him. I lock this one down. Uh, you ain't, you, you ain't stink. I lock this one down. I definitely lock this one down. And I lock this one down. I lock them all down. And then there's a whole lot of other demons around. And so what I do is, I now take this one. And I lead them in front of all the other demons. Come on. I lead them all to let them know that they've been defeated. Y'all keep walking off. Y'all keep walking off. Now they're done. But it ain't over yet. Because I get back up. Oh, my God. I get back up with all power in my hand. Guess who's not here? And as I go to heaven and you get born again, I now come and step in each one of you. When you say yes to Jesus, I get in there. Come on, y'all. Y'all making me work this too When you say yes to Jesus, I, get, I, 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 oh, I make my abode in you. So now when you walk around with me in you, you remind the devil no trespassing, off limits. But see, that's got to be something that you understand. That's got to be something that you have revelation on. Because if you don't, you'll still act act defeated when you're victorious. Are y'all whipping today? Oh God, stand stand with me, stand with me. Praise God. Did y'all get anything today? Did y'all see that? Did it help you at all? Man, oh man, man, oh man. Jesus, Jesus. Okay. Let me do this. Okay. Shout, on victorious. victorious. Shout, the devil, the devil is defeated. Shout, I will, I will exercise, exercise my, divine my divine authority over all the works, all the works of, the of the enemy. Now, let, let me forewarn you, folks. Because of this information, the devil is an opportunist and he will he will try to seize an opportunity today to test and see where, whether you got this or not. But don't worry, don't fret. You got the greater one on the inside of you. Are you hearing me? And we want to get to the place where every time we open our eyes, the devil and all his demons say, "It's oh, all shucks. They alive another day." Got it? Now, let me, let, me, let, me, let me leave you with this. Because many of you are spending way too much time in prayer fighting the devil. Way too much time. You're rebuking, binding, speaking against. There's nothing wrong with that. All that's Bible, all the scripture, but we don't need to do that for, for two or three hours. We don't need to do that every time we pray. We need to rise up in our revelation and our understanding of who we are. We decree once, and it happens. I say we decree once, and it happens. So if you say, I rebuke you, Satan, get out of my house, period. That's it. It happens. Every time you say that afterwards, you bring it back into your space. You're a king. You're royalty. You decree one time, and it's so. Study a king. If a king makes a decree and it doesn't happen, somebody loses their head. Somebody's out of here because you do not mess with a king's decree. And we're kings. And nobody better not mess with our decree. Are y'all with me? Ooh, I am so close on the edge of this thing. Ah, okay. Okay. Can y'all stand for three minutes? Okay, Luke 18. Luke 18. Let's go back there. Y'all just look at it on the screen. Don't worry, don't worry about it in your Bible. Just, just make a mental note of it. Luke 18. Can you throw that up there for me? Amplified, right? Also, Jesus told them a parable. I want y'all to pay attention to this discourse. I'm going to let you go in just a minute. I'm going to let you go in just a minute. Also, Jesus told them a parable to, this, to the effect that they ought always to pray and not turn coward, faint, lose heart, and give up. Verse number two. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither reverenced and feared God nor respected or considered man. Three, three. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, who did the widow go to? Who? The judge. Who did the widow go to? The judge. Protect and defend and give me justice against my adversary. Who did she go to? Did she go to the adversary? She went to the... Okay, look at verse 5. Verse 5. Yet because this widow continues to bother me, I will defend and protect and avenge her. Remember now, this is an unjust judge. This is not the character of God. This is an unjust judge. Avenge her. Lest she give me intolerable annoyance, wear me out by a continual coming, or at last she come and rail on me or assault me or, or strangle me. This lady was after boy. Then the Lord said, then the Lord said, "Check out what the Lord is, is saying here." Then the Lord said, "Listen to what the unjust judge says. Seven, and will not our just God? And will not our just God defend and protect and avenge His elect, His chosen ones who cry to him day and night, will He defer to them and will He defer them and delay?" Help on their behalf? Nine. No, eight. Tell, I tell you, He will. Everybody say, he will. he will. He will defend and protect and avenge them. The widow had to keep coming to the judge. Our judge receives from us and He avenges us how? Speedily. However, when the Son of Man comes, he will find will he per, will he find persistent in faith on the earth this is what i want y'all to take away from this folks the devil i mean the widow woman paid no attention to her adversary she went straight to the judge how many believers are giving all kinds of time to the adversary and little to the judge No, you take your case to the judge and don't even concern yourself with the adversary because he's been what? Defeated. Oh, come on, y'all. You go to judge, the judge, God's the judge. Judge, avenge me in this situation. And the Bible says he'll do it speedily. 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 Demonic activity is real. But it has no power over you when you understand who you are and whose you are. And today changes everything. Come on, lift your hands and give God praise. And shout, I receive, I receive, I receive. Come on, lift your hands and give God praise. Just for 30 seconds, just for 30 seconds, just for 30 seconds, just for 30 seconds glory to God. Father we thank you we praise you we give you glory we give you praise we give you honor Father we thank you for being the judge of all thank you for being our judge, thank you for being our avenger thank you Lord God for responding to us speedily thank you for defeating the enemy on our behalf thank you for reminding us who we are and whose we are Thank you, Lord God, that we have authority that comes from heaven over every demonic force, every demonic activity. We claim it now. We receive it now. And we walk in it today in Jesus' name. So Satan, let us remind you that you are defeated. That you are defeated. You are weaponless. You've been stripped. And we take our place of authority over you, all of your activity, and all of your devices right now in Jesus' name. If you agree with that and receive that, lift your hand and say, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Come on, receive that. No more running scared. No more running scared. No more backing down. No more backing up. No more quitting. It's done, it's over. No more fear. No more anxiety. No more depression. No more sadness. No more sickness, no more disease. No more poverty, no more lack. No more hindrances to answered prayer. Father, we position ourselves today To receive from you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Y'all blessed today. I say, Y'all blessed today. Father, we thank you and we give you praise. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I declare and decree that every need be met today in Jesus' name. Where there was to be satanic hindrance, it's no more now in Jesus' name. People are free to obey God right now in Jesus' name. If you're here today and you are not born again you're not a child of God then today is your day this is your day this is your moment so if you would say pastor I'm not saved I'm not born again but I want to give my heart to Jesus today the Bible says that no man can come to the Father except by Jesus so if you're not you've not received Jesus then you cannot have a relationship with God personally. So if that's you today, you said, "Pastor, I'm not saved, I'm not born again, but I want to give my heart to Jesus today." If that's you, would you lift your hand? Because we want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. If you're not born again today, if you're not born again today. Today is your day. If that's you, I want to see your hands. say pastor, that's me. I'm not saved. I want to get saved today. Pray with me. Pray for me, in Jesus' name. Secondly, today is this. Maybe in your life you've allowed some of these things to get in the way and cause your relationship with God to be out of order. The Bible teaches good news that God not only forgives us, God also restores us. And so if you're here today and you know that your relationship with God is not what it should be, that you are saved but you're not living like you're saved, but you want to get it right today, If that's you, we want to pray for you. So if you will lift up your hand boldly today as you're standing and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to get my relationship right with God today in Jesus' name. If that's you, lift your hand so we can recognize it. Glory to God because we want to pray for you in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thirdly today is this. If you are here today and you're born again, but you are not experiencing the second work of grace we call baptism with the Holy Spirit. That experience comes with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. What's that for? It's for you to have the power of God that's in you come up on you so you can be a witness wherever you go. Secondly, this speaking with other tongues comes so that you can pray at a whole nother dimension, whole nother level. You can pray beyond your natural understanding. If that's you today and you said, Pastor, I'm saved. I'm walking with God, but I want this next dimension of power, this next dimension of prayer. I want that for my life. Pray for me. If that's you, why not you st- lift up your hand right where you're standing and let us pray. Pastor, I want that power in my life. I want that experience in my life. I want it now in Jesus' name. If that's you, would you lift your hand right where you're standing, let us pray. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. All right, lastly, if you're here and you sense a connection with my life as a pastor, you sense a connection with this ministry and you want to connect with Faith Christian Central International, I just simply want you to obey God. If that's you, lift up your hand and say, Pastor, I want to make this my church home. Would you receive me as a partner today? If that's you, lift your hand right where you're standing in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Glory to God. Awesome, awesome, awesome. If you're watching this online today, one of those appeals are for you. Reach out to us. Information's on the screen behind me. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in on today, and we look forward to seeing you again on next week. Let's celebrate them that watch us online today. In Jesus' name, glory to God.